2: From me. Live from Akron, Ohio. Hello, 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 hello. Is that me? Am I on? Hello, hello Ross hello, Fletcher hello. and
1: the acronyms. I could play bass. And
2: the acronyms? That would be good, wouldn't it? Bass in your face. The B-A-S-S.
1: Welcome to the Backyard Podcast again. Hello. It's a beautiful day for some breeziness. About 65 degrees in Seattle. I have no idea what that means
2: in British. <laughs> That's about... 17, 18 Celsius? Celsius. In real world speak. I, I realised yeah. just doing that comparison thing, having to convert. Yeah. I saw somebody on Facebook posting the other day. Here's a comprehensive world map of the only countries that use the <laughs> month-month, day-day, year-year-year-year format.
1: Month-month. Okay, so the America. America.
2: Yeah. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of a plane flying by,
1: and the rest
2: of the world was blank. Why Still are we such me.
1: bastards about that, man? I don't get it. Like, no idea. And, and I don't want any of it. That's the thing. It's, it's an like,
2: attention-seeking thing. I'm not interested.
1: I like I. I don't want it to be different. Like I saw something the other day that um, I'll, I won't get. I'll get the gist, but I won't get the actual thing. Right? Like a gram of water is also a milliliter, and it like everything is broken down scientifically so if you used water as your base it would all equal one part yeah and it's uh, the metric system is derived around science science and i guess your uh, your british
2: empire doesn't use metric ex- it is a weird combination of mash things up between imperial and metric we went decimal in i think 1973 and did the country shut down and everything fell apart and planes fell out of the sky (laughs) actually in the early 70s it very nearly did wow so you've got a point there but (laughs) we survived we pulled through and uh yes my my great british nation is still standing although we might be leaving europe soon Or we might not, but that's for another discussion.
1: I'm very curious about that. My father is convinced that the British are out, that they're going to pull up and the EU is going to fall apart. He's like, go to Europe now because it's going to be a disaster in 10 years.
2: (laughs) It just depends on who you speak to. The the referendum is in about a month's time. So basically, should Britain stay in Europe as part of the European Union or should it get out? There's a clash
1: song about this.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I think they should stay. Because okay. I, I want to visit. I do like the way in America people wear their politics on their sleeve. Yeah, it's weird, right? In the UK, well, I know I like it. It's in the UK, nobody talks about their politics with each other. Like, what would you do at the bar then? Just talk about football? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Weird. Or the decimal system. <laughs> Just so, have a podcast. Yeah, it's very odd that, but I like the way that people can debate their politics here. Whereas in the UK, it's like, well, are you voting in or out? You just wouldn't ask it. You get a stony look back or almost that look of shock, horror. Like, like is is he just personally affronted me. How dare you? Me my politics. Um, your folks are here. Do they think
1: it's weird? Like, they, you know, they they've, they come for a week or two at a time, once in a while. Does it take a, like, we're in the middle of a political season and here people are, like, saying awful things about
2: each other, like, right there on the news and in person and at the bar and over drinks, like... You've gotta remember that Britain looks to America for a for a fair bit of stuff how to become obese culture, yeah, how to become obese, yeah, we're good at it um I think we you know politics not so much, but the whole Donald Trump thing has i think captured the imagination of the wider world, so you see a fair bit of him on british t v so there's been a bit of discussion around that, I think, yeah.
1: The most important question of the day, though, is do you like my women's sunglasses that I'm wearing? I didn't even realize they were girly. They're lovely, I know. I thank you. I thought girly ones were, were even fatter rimmed. Uh, my uh, my better half, the missus, her mother was in town and left these in the back seat. Oh. And they're polarized, so everything looks
2: funny also. <laughs> Everything's very green. <laughs> just one question with that. So why are you wearing her sunglasses, seeing as you, you have some of your own? Well, when I went to work... Cloudy. Uh, when I
1: left work, sunny. So I forgot my, as we call them, as my parents would call it back
2: in the day, forgot my sunnies at home. I just, like- just do what I'm doing squint and be very British and stoic and get on with it. Even though you know you've got sunglasses within about 10 feet of where you're sitting.
1: Are uh, there some inside? Yeah. You should just go get them. I'll just make things up about
2: you while you're gone. <laughs> I don't, yeah, simply don't trust you. So
1: no. I, I, I came into your house and you were. I had seen via the social media I had seen mention of having to assemble a children's playset. Oh, don't take me down this dark path
2: well, again. I'll go
1: I'll go a different direction. Oh my. It's a little kitchen console thing or whatever it's very cute and there's all the stickers on there and i said did you have to put the stickers on to which you replied no it came with the stickers on and it still took me two hours to assemble two and a half hours with my wife's help i mean and both of you are professionals you both like we're talking hundreds of dollars in productivity time lost because (laughs) of assembling this thing you never think about that when you buy a thing for x amount of dollars or pounds or whatever that you got to go home and if you have to assemble it you almost could have picked up,
2: they called me up and said, I'll pay you 20 bucks. Well, my mum my said to me, because this was an 11.30 p.m. Saturday night job, <laughs> to assemble this kiddie kitchen. It's a great kitchen, by the way. Yeah. I insisted we got one with a microwave. Yeah, I made some Re- great bacon. Regretting that now, because it took ages to assemble, and um, my daughter, who's two, I asked her what she was doing in the microwave earlier. She said, cooking money. Wow! So there's a money launderer in the in the making. I'm hey, uh, a future. bit worried about that. Yeah. So um, oh, two and a half hours, man. It's too much.
1: Has she considered becoming an American banker? That's what I need to.
2: Oh, okay. I so don't know. I, I could pose the question.
1: So as you know, I'm fond of doing. There's at least ten minutes of the show every time that I love asking the differences between our cultures. Um, when you were a kid, did you have? many American toys? Did you have some of the same things? Like, I think back very fondly upon getting a Transformer.
2: That was a oh, big deal. Oh. Transformers were yeah. my favorite. You
1: could say they were more than meets the eye, okay?
2: Oh, hey. Transformers. I know, I know. Robots I know. in disguise. I watched the original Transformers, the movie, when it was animated.
1: Thank you, with Unicron? Yes. Yeah, yeah, with the giant planet that turns into a robot. It was it was crazy good.
2: I have it on DVD. I haven't watched it in years. Really? Yeah. I'm, I had it on video, VHS. I'll bring it over. Brilliant. I, I want to see Hot Rod again. Yeah. Perfect. And, and the old Bumblebee. It because becomes, the, old, the old Bumblebee in Transformers was like a tiny Bumblebee. <laughs> not like this ridiculously souped up version in the adult Transformers movie. Bumblebee wasn't a hero in our Transformers days in the 80s. Bumblebee was a little skinny wretch. So, yeah. oh, you've got me going now in Transformers. That doesn't sell General Motors, though, okay? That's the deal,
1: is That's that? a very good point. They're selling cars, not making films here, dude. America. Please. I
2: I had 64 Transformers. At my peak, Well,
1: Mr. Privilege over here.
2: <laughs> I had a, uh, I had three. Oh, okay, sorry. The uh, yeah. the country
1: that has them three. Mm. Mm, I was I was encouraged to go outside though, Ross. That's the difference. Oh, so. I played with them outside. Oh, nice in the sorry, rain. Sorry, I'm
2: being really snarky now. In the
1: rain, I'm assuming
2: <laughs> every day. British <laughs> summer. Now, my question
1: comes to this point though is that when you got the transformer. Do you remember how you used to have to put the stickers on? It, yes, came with a sticker pack,
2: the, like the little. The relics. Autobot stickers, yeah, or the Decepticon
1: stickers, yeah. Either yeah. way, and you had, there was like little embellishments that you would put onto your toys that you got, whether it made the jet part of it go faster because it had awesome stickers on it or whatnot, and then you'd hold your hand over the thermal-changing sticker and you'd find out is it an Autobot or a Decepticon. Good stuff, man. I don't know if kids' toys do that anymore.
2: Oh, I doubt there's quality like that these days, is there? Look at us, like, grumbling old men. They're, like, metal and, like, substantial and Mm. now, like... Although in assembling that kitchen, which took two and a half hours, maybe our faith should be in the fact there are stickers. If if things are still needing to be assembled, maybe there are. I mean, we could just, I mean, Amazon would tell us within a minute, but that kind of kills the fun, Yeah, right? come on, come on. That's
1: no fun. Okay, so you grew up with Transformers, G.I. Mm. G. Joe, I don't know if that would yeah, cross Yeah, G.I. The-
2: Joe, and then, of course, there's Ken and Barbie and all the Disney stuff. Yeah, there was a pretty much a, a big crossover. What's the take on
1: G.I. Joe, man? Because it's, like, such an icon of American military might. And I guess, like, it goes hand-in-hand hand with the British, but... Were there any British characters on GI Joe? I imagine there were. There's
2: probably oh. some British voice actors. Yeah, I can't remember. I didn't have a GI Joe. I didn't either. But I I actually couldn't stand GI Joe. Oh, why? I was like, what, what was this in, internal feud in your mind? They,
1: show me a Dinobot on GI Joe, okay? Like they didn't they didn't even have one <laughs> Dinobot, okay? They didn't. <laughs> there weren't any space dudes. All right. You know, like, and like, um, oh, did the guy who did Starscream's voice also do Cobra Commander? Oh, man, i gotta go got to go back watch
2: this. You've got me there. <sighs> I'm gonna... We
1: are going deep down
2: the rabbit hole today.
1: Oh, I'm fine with this. I, I'll talk <laughs> Dinobots all day. I don't remember their names, though, now. I was just trying to think of what the... Me, some, me Grimlock. Grimlock, <laughs> yeah, that's his name. <laughs> me Smash. <laughs> oh, man. I remember having one of the legs of Destructor, which was the Decepticons'... Uh, like. Construction crew that turned into a big monster called Oh Devastator. Yes, yes Devastator yes. is that what it was? I say Destructor. I think it was Devastator. I think so it was like, Devastator. Yeah, I had the I had the the dump or the cement mixing leg of it. Pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I always remember getting like four of the five Transformers you needed to create a bigger one, but I never had enough pocket money to buy the big linking piece. Yeah. So I just get the peripheral ones and pretend I was. I was in the full set
1: you know they're remaking Voltron was Voltron a thing in uh, in the UK I I think it started as a uh, Japanese series that we then stole and rebooted in America and it was five lions and they all came together to form one it's like the Power Rangers essentially only pre-Power Rangers I never realized how Power Rangers just totally ripped that off (laughs)
2: oh man I'm (laughs) outraged no you'll be on me now how no. about the?
1: How about Power Rangers? Was Power Rangers? Yeah, thing? we had
2: the Mighty Morphin. Yeah, uh, it was again. I never really got into them that much. I think we
1: were just out it of the age range. Like it was on while I was eating cereal in the morning, but I was like, "This is dumb." Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm trying to think. what Teenage else Mutant we Ninja, Ninja Turtles, He Man and She Ra. Oh, come on, He Man.
1: I had Battle Damage. He Man, where? Okay. Hit him in the chest, and the thing spins, and he's got a little damage. Yeah, yeah. Him again, nice, more. Yeah, nice, yeah. Nice.
2: Yeah, there was that, and then there was Star Wars. Ow. Lots yeah. of Star Wars figurines, and I'll never forgive my brother, who went to a, uh, like a yard sale, we call them a car boot sale, Okay. which is basically, you drive your car up to a, a giant field one Sunday morning far too early, Uh-oh. and then out of the back of your, your trunk, the what you call the boot in England, you would put a table out and set all your wares out that you wanted to sell. Yeah. My brother had a, a Millennium Falcon. I hate the story already. X-Wing fighter, TIE fighter, all sorts of stuff. Loads of different bits and bobs from Star Wars. Sold the lot to a little dealer at like 6.55 a.m. for 20 English pounds.
1: So 30 bucks American, maybe.
2: For absolute cheap as chips. And what an idiot. Well, I mean, what I mean, what uh, a divot. Millenni- original Millennium Falcons now? Oh, you'd make a
1: mint. He's got the brain of a polywog. Come yeah. on. That's my brother for you, though. Can you make sure next time you talk to him, tell him that I'm upset too. Bring this up. Tell him I'm upset. Pass it on for me. Yeah, man, the '80s toys were the coolest because it was the transition transition out of the '70s where, like, I don't think like sci-fi was quite as uh, imagination wasn't as huge for Mm -hmm. like robots and lasers
2: and stuff like that. And in the '80s, it took off. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember from again from Star Wars having a lightsaber and thinking it was the coolest thing.
1: Making all the noises yourself. and Yeah,
2: I swear all they did was put a bit of a plastic kind of cylinder at the bottom of one of those strip lights you get in in <laughs> warehouses. And just <laughs> sell And then press it on Light. switch. And it was there. But it was amazing. Wow.
1: Well, that's fantastic.
2: Yeah. We could go on. But. Now,
1: did England have Pearl Jam?
2: I think they've heard of them, yeah. I don't think they had them before Pearl Jam came on the scene, though. No, I mean, like, it was big here. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, they were massive. Like I mean, when, they've got a resonance. I'm, I'm
1: sure they are now. Like yeah. now that they've been around yeah. for 3,800 years, they've, they're they're no. established now. I'm with you. Okay, um, tomorrow in the studio, I have two guys from Pearl Jam coming what? in. One of them is called Stone Gossard; he plays guitar. The other one's called Mike McCready; he yes. plays guitar. You've probably yes. heard of McCready more so because he's so active, actively involved in the sports community by playing the national anthem all the time. You've oh, probably it's introduced him before.
2: He's, he's done a few. Uh, a few Sounders games. Yeah, national anthem, acoustic. Yeah.
1: He's super involved in the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, and so on Crohn's Day at the um, at the stadium, he comes out and he plays the anthem all the time. And so he'll play at the he'll play at the uh, Mariners game. They'll have a day for that at some point, CCFA day. And I was trying to get down there and stuff. That's well, those sweet. T- those two are coming in tomorrow. And Very cool. I'm trying to debate whether or not to talk to him about Transformers. I think they're like a few years older than us, so they might be They'll out know. of the. They will know. They'll know
2: if you don't open your interview. With a question about Megatron, I will be deeply, deeply disappointed in you. Which
1: Megatron did you guys like better? The one where he turned into a gun that Starscream shot? Yep, that one. Or this new thing where he becomes like whatever super alien space plane? No, come on. Dumb. Come
2: on. Original is best.
1: There was another Decepticon leader at one point. Maybe it was Megatron still, but he was like purple and he turned into like a futuristic gun. Dumb.
2: I don't understand that. I just don't. Yeah. Keep it simple, guys. Yeah, winning formula.
1: Get it together. All right, so I don't know what to talk to those dudes about, but like, uh, I feel like I can probably get trans <laughs> gonna- Music might be a good start. We're, they're there to talk about a charity, the Vitalogy Foundation. To, we have a big concert coming up, summer camp. It's a two-day event, and two dollars from every ticket sold goes to this foundation. Of Very theirs, cool, and they're helping out, like a Learning Tree, I think, is what it's called. Um, and so they're coming in to talk about that, but I gotta have some other stuff to talk to them about because, duh.
2: Oh, there you go. You mentioned it, doing sports anthems. Yeah. Which is the best team to anthem about? Yeah. If that makes sense. Perfect. I could do this interviewing Lark. I'd be really good at it. You want to come in and take over for me? Hi, McCready Mike. What's your favorite anthem about Larking Sports Channel? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I I think you
1: nailed it. I'm actually going to use that there.
2: Eloquent and amazing. That's cutting to the heart of the issue.
1: Over the weekend, the Seattle Sounders made a huge mistake
2: oh where are you going with this
1: they emailed me earlier in the week and they said do you and manly want to dust off the old broadcasting headphones and come on down to starfire stadium to commentate a soccer match Ooh,
2: big mistake guys i mean (laughs) which one
1: Ross, it was the Zaccawani and Friends charity soccer benefit for Kingdom Hopes, at Steve Zaccawani's own, uh, own charity that he has, and i got to tell you. Tell me. Getting pretty good at soccer commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Manly said so. He said, great job today. And I was like, That's yeah. That's nice. Here's the deal that I'm learning about, and you've probably run into this once or twice in your career as well. I'm broadcasting about Steve Zakawani, number 11 used to him playing. Big Z on the sideline the forever on the at the stadium, right? And then there's a guy called like uh Landon Donovan. Big yeah. nemesis to the uh to the Sounders. Huge American icon in the soccer world. And then a guy called James, a <laughs> guy called James Riley, former player, Patrick Ianni. There's all these names that I know. Eddie Johnson and I look down on the field at some point, and I can, like, say this guy to that guy and over there to that dude and look at that move. And, oh, my God, it's hotter than the twin sons of Tatooine. You know, that type of thing, right? Mm. That's good, a reference. Good
2: phrase. Thanks. Actual reference
1: yeah. that I used. Like it. It's when Steven Hauschka, place kicker for the Seattle, Sound, or Seattle Seahawks, he was out on the field, and uh, there was a penalty call. It might be the best penalty that I've ever seen committed <laughs> in a non-professional or professional soccer match of my life. Michael Teta former Sounders guy from the system. he uh, He's breaking down the left side, and there's Marcus Hanneman. Now, Hanneman, Uh-oh. in his early 40s, he definitely spent his whole life being super fit. and now, Well, he spent his whole life being fit. Okay, fit at least. Enough to be a professional athlete. <laughs> that is out the window. He is now enjoying himself. Yeah, hi, Marcus. His skills are next to n- nobody's out there. He's having more fun than anybody out there. But Ted is about to run around him, so what does he do? Wraps both arms around the guy, picks him up, and body slams him. <laughs> now, his big mistake was that it was in the box, Ross. So, Josh had, a, the referee Josh, whatever his last name is, he had no choice but to finally blow the whistle for maybe the third time of the entire match. Point to the spot. And who's on the field at that moment? None other than Stephen Hauschka, the leg of the Seattle Seahawks. I'm surprised they allowed him to play, to be honest. To be fair, he played for about... Six minutes. Had a couple good touches. Looked sharp out there. He has some experience in his uh, collegiate life playing. But when it was PK time, that's the foot you want hitting that ball. Uh-huh. And boy did he put that sucker almost through the top corner of the net. And that is when I got to unleash that kick was hotter than the twin suns <laughs> I th- Thought you were gonna say you Tatooine.
2: A Mexican
1: goal. We were sticking to pop culture references. Oh, okay. Um, trying to work them into uh, song lyrics and whatnot into uh, the goals scored and good fun. Now, I like it. an embarrassing part from the weekend is, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this guy called Danny Jackson.
2: I have. Indeed, used to work with
1: Danny. And he uh, would have been awesome to know that before I went there. Uh, <laughs> he is a radio broadcaster for uh, the Seattle Sounders from time to time. And former Sounders USL team captain mm-hmm. played from about like central defender 04 to 08. Yeah, right until the MLS days. Okay, Danny Jackson. They bring him up to the booth. He's wearing a jacket. I have no idea what he looks like. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard of this guy before. Come on, I got a bug on me. Never heard of this guy a day before. Okay, and he comes up, and I can't tell who he is. And so I'm just stalling. Look at like no one comes up and says, "Hey, we're gonna bring up Danny Jackson in two minutes." They just bring him in. And I don't know what to do. He's got a jacket on over his number. So I physically grab his shorts and turn him so I can read the number on there. I'm like, oh, it's Danny Jackson. I have n- he's, he's British. He is. I have no idea that he lives in Seattle and know very little about him. <laughs> Let us begin the most uncomfortable interview I have done in
2: ages. Oh, I need to listen back to this somehow. Now,
1: he was delightful, charming, and does not think of himself more highly than he actually is. You know what I mean? He knows that he's just he's a guy. Good that's, dude. Yeah, he's a good dude through and through. But the point where I'm like, you in town for the weekend? What's your story? What are you doing? Like, what's, where'd you come in from or whatever? He's like, no, I, I live in Seattle. I work for the Sounders broadcast
2: team. <laughs> to the broadcaster of the day on soccer.
1: Oops. Needless to say, it was a wonderful event. Uh, the blue team won. I know you were worried by one goal. At the mm-hmm. very end, Landon Donovan, something else to watch. You see these guys when they're running around together in the MLS. And they're, um, the same for the most part, the same quality. And the difference between Clint Dempsey and, say, Ozzy Alonso and their quality is much narrower than Landon Donovan to the guy who paid $1,000 to be there. What makes you say that? uh uh-huh. So um, seeing Donovan be the best person on the field, not unusual for his playing career, but to see him be the best person on the field by that far is something that more people need to witness. All I can say is that I recommend everyone attend next year's Steve Zakawani and Friends charity soccer match to benefit Kingdom Hope because fantastic. Now, you never really had you never really have people just drop into the studio that you're going to talk to for five minutes during the middle of the match, right?
2: Um... No, we don't. No, we don't do that during the match. Principally because the match is going on. Yeah, that's the whole idea is that you're there. Yeah, too. and that's why you have a pre-game show and a, and a yeah. post-game show. Yeah,
1: sometimes you watch baseball though, and they'll bring up a guy that used to be a player, and he'll sit yeah, in there. Baseball, dif- different speed. gravy.
2: Yeah, yeah, you take a three-hour kind of leisurely pace to it. Also, there's 140 million games a season. So yeah, plenty a- of stops after each pitch.
1: Yeah, it was um. It was a uh, really fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants. Saw your old pal Taylor Graham came up into the booth. That's a much easier one because I actually know him and what he does and what his <laughs> title is. And uh, Chris Henderson, could, he wouldn't tell me who the Sounders are trying to sign as a DP because he's selfish. Mm. I mean, what was Did I going to do? show you then? any
2: photos surreptitiously off his phone? No. He's into, have, you, have you seen the Chris Henderson Twitter Where Am I Today game? Oh, no. That he will post a series of photos sometimes deliberately out of order, of grounds where he is in South America, Central America, and often with either no explanation of where it is yeah. or little hints of where it is. And then he'll drop in a great to see this famous ex-footballer guy in this country. La-di-da. Uh, people on Sandra at Heart have actually written extensively <laughs> about where they think he is or has been and on the basis of that, the target's potential players, the Sounders want to sign. So, you again, fail to prepare, prepare to fail, yeah. Greg.
1: Well, I mean, I, I gave it good. I gave, uh, I prepared for five hours. I didn't realize that we were. I was hoping that we were going to talk to some of the names that were out there rather than the Sounders front office. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which they were all very nice. I asked Taylor. I specifically asked Taylor Graham to come up there because I love that guy, and so he's fun to talk to. But when
2: Stephen Hauschka and Landon Donovan are there, the last person you want to speak to is Taylor Graham. the The weekend
1: before, I was at a charity auction with Hauschka. We could have easily tied that back in, but they they wouldn't go get him. They wouldn't bring him up. So I'm looking at you, Alex. Okay, sorry. I just had to like stare off into space about that. Um, But it was fun. They got a bunch of people up there. I don't know, man. I think I got a. I got. I think I got a career at like pretty low level sports commentary coming. I think that could be my future. Like nothing like professional for money, but like, will you do this in exchange for a scarf? I think I got that covered. You need me to commentate a birthday party badly? I well, think I could do it, Ross. Yeah, I
2: like the way you're setting the bar realistically. Yeah, I don't have any yeah,
1: delusions of grandeur. It's
2: great to dream. Yeah, and it's. It's. It, everyone has ambition. Not all of us have twenty years of experience, is what should, I'm saying. You should be realistic and that's really good. Because okay. I would hate for you to come and mop up the jobs I'm now doing.
1: Yeah, oh come on. I mean I can't I can I could barely say what guy is passing to which unless it's like all <laughs> former sounders that I've watched for at least five years.
2: But you have some great stock phrases. Yeah. Like other than
1: uh, Hotter than the twin sons the of Tatooine. Sons also, of Tatooine? what a strike with a cultured left foot.
2: Oh no, that's a go-to.
1: I, I only gave that one.
2: You five uses of that all yeah. time. Yeah, when and you were doing the S2 used, games last year,
1: and we used four of them in game one. You
2: burned through your yeah. allocation pretty fast.
1: That's okay. I'll pay. I'll pay royalties. It's okay. fine.
2: Yeah. Um. So yeah, but that's uh.
1: Just so you know, we dusted off the old headphones, and uh, I, I was gonna say something to you, but I knew you had a big birthday party going on for your kid this weekend, so I just. Yeah, I let you be. you They were out yeah. playing in the rain. I was in yeah. a booth yeah, somewhere.
2: Yeah, yeah, we were kind of occupied.
1: Okay, that's cool. Um, meanwhile, there was another game I guess we could talk about. The Sounders played over the weekend in your very favorite place ever. <laughs> Shout-outs to Frisco, Texas. Oh, Every time I heard anyone talking about Frisco, Texas, I could just think about the air conditioning unit in your
2: in your hotel room, yeah, giving me a cold day before a Yeah, excellent. Oh my, Frisco, Texas.
1: I don't think there's a more depressing. Uh, We'll think of one. Now that Chivas is gone, I don't know that there's a more depressing place to watch a soccer match. Chicago might be on the running. Yeah. In terms of the fan that's there being like, woo! There's like the people behind the goal that are playing the drums the whole time, and kudos to them because they're like really supporting well, and they're making fun of the players and coming up with fun chants. And I appreciated the the effort that the, uh, what are they called, the FC Dallas supporters are going through. I don't know what their stupid section is called or whatever, but... Who cares? Um, I appreciate that. But, boy, the rest of it is choice coloring of seats so that way it looks like there might be fans there even though there's only a smattering.
2: Yeah, they did this year. FC Dallas, who, who've worked really hard to get their attendances up, tarped off behind the goal. And quite often in soccer stadiums, most of the noise comes from behind the goal. Yeah. Just look at ECS. Yeah. Century CenturyLink Field. But they knew they weren't going to fill their stadium, so they tarped it off. Lowered the the, uh, the number of seats available, so they've now got a lower bar for a, quote, sellout game. <laughs> but still, they can't fill those seats, which is a real shame, but it comes back to location, location, location.
1: No one's going to Frisco, dude.
2: <laughs> FC Dallas used to play in, in downtown Dallas, and, and now they play... 30, 40 miles
1: north. So be careful Sounders fans that are demanding a soccer-specific stadium. They can't get another stadium built down there. You're going to be playing in Maple Valley or something like that, and then you lose the city, folks, and you lose. suddenly you've got 11,000 people at a match. I know everyone in Puyallup right now, steam is coming out of their <laughs> ears yeah. being like, I drive to Seattle every week. I met a guy that came all the way from Yakima. He comes every game from Yakima. And I'm
2: like, wow, dude. And that's great, isn't it? That's great, commitment." God, it's
1: crazy. He's one of the capos for ECS, of course. So yeah, but I'm still like, whoa.
2: But imagine going all the way to Frisco, and then coming away being beaten and and not playing very well. You kind of think, why are we going to Frisco next time? Let's just give them the points and not bother getting on board that flight because it's just a real It's oh, I I don't want to get going on Frisco again. All of the accountants
1: but, in the Sounders front office right now are like, we agree. <laughs> Do you know how we could meet our budgets if you did that?
2: Save on airfare, save on hotels. I think they quite like that.
1: It really was too bad because the game started on such a bad note with what I, I get why the why stupid Salazar the worst ever blew the whistle on that you know fourth minute or fifth minute whatever penalty that he gave up because Chad Marshall was going down and he had a handful of that uh, the forward or the offensive player there and he let go and didn't, and then the guy with the one second delay flops to the ground like he'd been, like, like someone had kicked his legs out from underneath him. It's a tough way to start a match for a team that's struggled.
2: Yeah, and it, and it was a penalty. Chad Marshall, like you say, he had his hands around the guy. Yeah. The annoying thing is in in the penalty area, you see so many of those, and the referee either gives it or he doesn't. There's no consistency. because Well, if often, it's Salazar, every-
1: he gives it for them all the time, every time. <laughs> uh,
2: at every set piece, every call corner every free kick into the box there's four or five instances of that because there's so much jostling from so many players in the area so look he gave it it was a foul he just gave it that's that's the issue it was a crazy wide open game actually in that first 20 minutes that first half and the Sounders had some really good chances to equalize Morris put a header straight at the goalkeeper. When, when both sides of the net were gaping. Hercules Gomez, within the first minute, missed a guilt-edged chance, and after a really great debut off the bench at Houston, I think maybe signs of showing his age that he's not necessarily the answer. And you have to remember, this is a guy that came in to the Sounders, having been dumped by Toronto. He couldn't make their starting 11, was was very much a peripheral guy. So to put him in a starting 11 role consistently for the Sounders um, probably says a lot about why they're struggling right now. Sure. But, yeah, they had chances, and they didn't put it together. Uh, As I said, Morris had that really good chance. But, hey, look, he scored four goals in four games as a center forward. So what does he do in in, in Dallas? The coach puts him in a wider forward (laughs) position. If it ain't broke,
1: don't fix it. Uh, Maybe their policy, if it ain't broke, fix it. Uh, yeah,
2: then you go and get beaten to now.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it was uh, unfortunate to see his four-game streak come to an end. Um, especially yeah, he, he
2: clearly got a lot of confidence from that.
1: Yeah. You hope that it doesn't – he's a young guy. You hope it doesn't sway him the other way for a few matches or whatever. But, hey, my Arsenal team, Olivier Giroud didn't score for 890 minutes or whatever, and then he scored five
2: at the end of the season to wrap things up, including a hat trick on the last day. So, Well, yeah, it happens. I mean, streaks happen. But you want to be in the – the most optimal position sure. to to get it done. And uh, it just baffled me a bit that Morris had such a good run and then all of a sudden, well done, you're playing really well. We're going to take you out of that rhythm. Uh, and then Dempsey, of course, goes back up front. So again, you're asking, is he uh, a central striker again? Or is he playing deeper to... Try and influence the play from from further back of the field. So, God, I want I him to be that playmaker,
1: think, like right behind the forwards, man. Again, four four two with Dempsey at the front of a of a diamond there, creating opportunities for ever two d- guys you have up front, man. But,
2: but then he does that, and he's not close enough to goal himself. He doesn't I need the I just don't goals, think. I just don't. I think right now the the the, the team. I think the coaching staff don't really know what their best formation is. Do you think
1: part of that is waiting for to find out who they're going to get, or who this next DP is going to be? Yeah, I like, think there's
2: some of that. There's some of that. What? But you have the entire preseason to figure out your formation. Yeah. Um, again, it goes back to selling over Femi Martins. It, it, it kind of messed things all up. But then they still haven't adapted properly. And they've had plenty of games and plenty of training time to figure that out. But they're still tinkering, tinkering, tinkering. One of the big reasons why they're below 500. They've certainly got a lot of talent in that starting 11. Loads of talent in MLS terms, but they're just not giving it the best chance to succeed.
1: Loved a great effort from Brad Evans out there, and the Sounders would be buried if it wasn't for Stefan Fry. That guy is a machine. He made an amazing save in the first couple of minutes. Absolutely. The guy's unstoppable. He's crazed for being such a calm-looking, nice guy or whatever. Like, his instincts and his, his reflexes are so unbelievable. That guy is just wonderful.
2: He's just so dependable. What I like about him is a lot of goalkeepers in, in, in MLS, um, let's, let's try and be kind here, aren't the best quality. I think there's a deliberate play from the league to bring in lots of high quality goal scorers and not worry so much about bringing in the best goalkeepers. Because scoring goals creates a better entertainment product.
1: Don't tell that to Tim Howard he could hear you <laughs> uh, with this is on the internet
2: so Howard being something of an exception, he was a terrific quality goalkeeper no doubt you know he's in the twilight of his career, but as a general rule, MLs goalkeepers are are of a pretty <laughs> Average standard. As a general
1: uh, rule, when you're in the twilight of your career, come to America.
2: <laughs> we'll have you in any one of our squads. He wouldn't be the first, but if oh you had yeah, no Stephane, disrespect for for Tim Howard, he's awesome. Yeah, but if you look like at Stefan Fry, he's not. I think he's very, very good, and he he catches the ball well. I think he's got a good command of his area. He's clearly got good reflexes, and he's limited the huge errors that goalkeepers can potentially make. To a, to a minimum, to be honest, there were a couple of high-profile errors in his first season with the Sounders two and a bit years he ago. He looked like a different guy, though, then. He looked nervous, and like he was afraid at all
1: times that something was going to get by him. And now he's
2: Yeah, he's now he's not. Stoic. He's, he, he built up that confidence. Yeah, it's incredible. He's a really good shot stopper. He's very good on crosses. I think his decision-making is good. And I put him up there in the top... Three, four goalkeepers in MLS.
1: I think that the the decision making is where it's gotten so much better. He looks confident in his moves, whereas the first season he looked like he was kind of lost out there. I I must say that the Sounders have always had a heritage of pretty excellent goalkeeping coaching, because from Casey Keller to even Gschperning had awesome numbers until he kind of fell apart and they got rid of him or whatever. But like he had, he maintained awesome like point seven goals allowed averages and stuff. And Stefan Fry right there as well. So whoever's behind the scenes there doing that.
2: Yeah. Big ups to Tommy Dutra, goalkeeping coach. There you he go. Was, he, I think he went to high school with Casey Keller. Local guy. Terrific guy. Really, really good guy. Knows his stuff. Was with the team in the USL days. And is a, a very well-respected goalkeeping coach. Uh, you don't get many better in MLS. And it's still a, a position of, of need, I think. That's another issue, I think, with the with the standard of goalkeeping in MLS, that goalkeeping coach specialists just haven't been around that long in world soccer. They're a relatively recent addition to the game. Every top club's had one for, for a decade plus. But not much longer than that. And MLS is still playing a bit of catch-up with that. They do have goalkeeping coaches, but the Sounders are very fortunate to have one as good as Tommy Dutra. And uh, yeah. My hat's off off to him for, for pushing Stefan Fry, for helping build that fragile confidence coming in from Toronto after two years out with injury to now being one of the top keepers. It's a bittersweet for Tim Howard, it looks like. The EPL comes to an end
1: last weekend, and he waves goodbye to Everton after being there forever and being such a fan favorite. The fans were kind of dicks and turned on him this year a little bit, but at the same time, it was time to go, I think. Uh, and he'll be joining the Colorado squad that's coming to town here. Not till July, but he's back in America, I would presume, or at least wrapping up his affairs in England before he comes back here where his kids and everybody are. Um, now, the Seattle's already faced Colorado somewhere in the middle of Colorado, not in Denver, but more in the wasteland that looks like the Martian surface. So Matt Damon is there walking by growing potatoes.
2: Yeah, the delightfully named Commerce City, (laughs) of which there's very little commerce.
1: But they've got a great Starbucks there. Um, But last time, Seattle went to Colorado and just got. Their asses handed to them, three to one, back in April, and now Colorado coming to Seattle. Have you seen enough improvement in Seattle to be able to right the wrongs of a three-one loss?
2: Uh, they've been okay at home. Yeah. I mean, I'd always back them at home, Seattle, but they're just not in a in a terrific run of form. They 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 had this mini sequence put together of what one defeat in six or something, but they were never entirely convincing throughout the whole run, and. Almost that Colorado game is bookended. It coming around again that they they just started to kind of build some momentum, and then this last game at Dallas yeah. wiped a lot of that away and just revealed I think the holes that are still remaining within the squad that need fixing. And I mentioned one of those issues was the formation and how they play, and they've had a couple of injuries. But every team has injuries. And I think Colorado are coming in very confident there. First place in the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah they're at the top of the West. They've got a, a long, unbeaten run. They've, they've shown no fear this year. And this is a team that has been hopeless Jermaine the Jones? last couple of years. And Jermaine Jones has been a terrific signing for them. He's physical. He's big. He uh, will put a shoulder
1: into a guy and play that holding role so
2: well. And for a guy that's played a holding role so often, he's... He's actually played a lot more further forward for cool. Colorado and scored some important goals. He you know, got what? that header against the Sounders, scored again the other week, and he is proving he can do it all over the field at, what, age 34, I think it is now.
1: So it's a tough run for the Sounders right now with Colorado and FC Dallas being the two teams that they've played that are in the number one and two spots uh, this, this, this week for, uh, rather for the Colorado match. The one thing looking at the... Um, Looking at the standings, though, that we could all take pride in is that the terrible, terrible Portland Timbers, <laughs> 12 matches played, two fewer than the Seattle Sounders FC. Two more. Two more. Portland Timbers, terrible, awful. Awful Timbers are in ninth place behind Seattle in eighth. So take that.
2: There's a silver lining somewhere, always.
1: As long as you're beating Port- – I mean, look, Ross – I'm an Arsenal fan. They dominated the first half of the season. The wheels came off. They fell apart. They looked just like a garbage truck trying to beat a Formula One car. They could not do anything right until this last few matches. Some guys came off the bench that had been hurt, and finally they started to get things together again. Made a run to the end of the season, where on the last day I couldn't stop cackling (laughs) with laughter as I streamed both the Tottenham game and watched the Arsenal match and watched Tottenham lose just the one battle of the year and that's to the mighty Arsenal. They slipped third place behind Arsenal in second in the last ten minutes of their match. and
2: uh, It s- must have been so gratifying I had to an Arsenal fan.
1: I had to work so... Now, I'm not proud of what they did, okay? And uh, again, we've discussed how I picked Arsenal, not from any familiarity with, uh, with uh, England at all or the UK, but just because a couple guys from some World Cup the highlights that I saw were on the team, and that's okay. I'll root for them because I like those guys. That's fine, but to now learn about the history and a beautiful to watch Tottenham squad. I know I'm, I'm not allowed to say that, but I'm not from <laughs> England, so I don't care about the <laughs> rivalries that much. But on the final day of the season to watch rivals displace one each other, one another mm-hmm. like that was just great. So anytime I look at Seattle ahead of Portland, that's the one I feel. Yeah, more yeah. so probably L.A. because that's the actual team that's really given Seattle a really hard time. But. Yeah,
2: and you got to remember, there's still a lot of time left in the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. That's an important thing to remember, that Portland can get more terrible and slide
2: <laughs> even further down. I was We're- thinking more about Seattle getting better, to be honest, but I'll take that too.
1: I just want Portland to pull a Chelsea and just be bottom of the league. Like, not make the playoffs, just, like, after winning the championship, I want I don't want them to really get any gratification after repeating, or, you know, I don't want them to be a Landon Donovan who, to get five championships in ten years or whatever. I, I, that's, I'm not interested in that for Portland. They've got their one, I, I won't take that away from them, but it would be very fun for me if they could be, like, really bad, like, worse than they are now. If they could, like, finish bottom of the table in the You'd West.
2: You'd be ecstatic, wouldn't you?
1: To dream. I think there's some chance, though, Ross.
2: All right. Well, we'll we'll revisit this probably in four or five months' time, and uh, or next week. I don't know. Or next week, just so you can bash them some more.